Get Quake for free, and more coming up on today's episode of Delays in Tech News. Hey, Gadgeteer, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's only 3-1 show on tech, gadgets, and gaming news. That's right, this is the Lace and Tech News. My name is Taylor Merrick, and uh, if you're new here, hit that follow or subscribe button just so that you can stay up to date. If you're enjoying the content, uh, be sure to give us a like or share or review. And, um, well, I do gotta say, if you want the live entertainment factor, as well as, um, things that happen afterwards, um, on, on live streams as, as per usual, um, the show on Twitch starts at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time weekdays. And, uh, the advantage that you get if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, or wherever, is that you get to watch the show itself, this show that you're listening to, watching right now, recorded live, before anybody else gets the news for today. Because after the show, guess what I have to do? Put the show together, put the show notes together, upload the video, upload the podcast, tag everything, get it all ready, send it out the door, and then you get to consume it. So if you want the whole live element to get the news before everyone else to get the news of the day, that is why we are the latest in tech news, the news on the daily events happening in the day, um, twitch.tv slash gadget. 9 p.m. Central Standard Time weekdays. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, you will be able to watch live. So what's that? Oh, you want to get into what's going on in, in today's show? Well, let me tell you, uh, Quake 2 is free right now, and uh, they're actually looking at making Quake 3 free next week. Uh, I got some details on that uh, coming up. We'll also be taking a look at a, uh, well, the reason why Beetlejuice is mysteriously dimming, uh, quite an interesting phenomena, um, quite rare, in fact, as well, so I want to be getting into that. You're like, this is about tech news, what are you doing talking about space stuff? Okay, we wouldn't know what in the world is going on in space if we didn't have tech, and I'm kind of a space nerd, have always been, um, so sue me. Um, we're going to talk about something cool because we wouldn't be able to know about this kind of otherwise. It it It, it is related to a, an important degree. It is tech. It's science. They kind of commingle, intermingle. It's, it's related. Trust me. We'll also be taking a look at the hydrogen electric supercar that is um, going to be redefining high speed um, from an electric vehicle. It is quite crazy and if you like cars you'll want to take a look at this i'm not much of a car guy i don't talk about cars all that much but uh if something hits my radar that seems interesting enough and it happens to be a car hey here's your lucky day we'll also be taking a look at the iphone 12 release date that may have been revealed in a new leak and uh and finally we'll be taking a look at a uh release date for the samsung galaxy z Fold 2 5G smartphone. And finally, we'll be taking a look at, uh, well, the life of Russell Kirsch, inventor of the Pixel, who passed away this week. So, all right, with that all set, 
Let's take a look at today's feature story. Feature story, feature story, just waiting for it to load. There we go. I don't know why the computer... I, I need to get like a two-computer setup um, just to be able to maybe do the things that the cool streamers get to do. Um, so uh, please, give me a follow, give me a like, give me a subscribe, uh, hang out with me in the live chat. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. But Quake 2 is free right now from Bethesda. Quake 3 is looking to be released next week for free as well. Uh, but there is a catch, and you're like, I knew it, I knew there was going to be a catch. Well, you need to install the Bethesda launcher. Because why not? Um, <laughs> see, I, I have some, some thoughts that I want to share on that, um, but first let's get into the news. Last weekend, during its online QuakeCon event, Bethesda made the original game available for free via its launcher on PC. The promotion encouraged donations to charities like the NAACP and the Trevor Project, and of course gave PC gamers a reason to save a couple dollars by installing and activating the game in the company's launcher. But it wasn't really for the donations. People just wanted free games and not have to pay anybody. See? See? I gotcha. Um... I don't want to, why do I don't want to read about that? Um, Bethesda was all excited. Apparently $30,000 were raised. Um, so they decided to give it away for free. And then they decided to drop a couple YouTube videos in as well. Yeah. Um, so if you guys are fans of Quake or you want a reason to play a, a game, uh, that is quite defining for its time and, and it's still, Somewhat relevant, um, even though it might be albeit outdated. But if you want, if you just want to enjoy Quake Two, Quake Three, you can now do that. Of course, it is only on PC. You need the Bethesda launcher, and this is where I'm going to complain a little bit. Why in the world do game studios now have to sit here and tell us, well, if you want to play our game, you need our launcher, and everybody goes. Well, I mean, I guess, but how many launchers am I going to have on my computer after a while? I mean, if the, like, game developers and designers are, like, a dime a dozen, and there's, like, dozens upon dozens of you guys, what is that going to mean for me and my com my poor computer down the road? I mean, how many launchers am I going to have open? I mean, dang it, there's a reason why I have Steam and Epic Games. What do you not get? I like having one platform, all the games in there, I can download it, all in one shot, I can see all my games, all in one shot, I can click on the game, all in one shot, and play it from one unified menu. Why does it always have to change and be different? It drives me nuts. Am I the only one who thinks this way? Uh, please, um, <laughs> let me know in the chat or uh, on Twitter if I'm uh, going crazy or or if you can um, agree with me or, or disagree on Twitch uh, at Tech News Gadget. I can't, I can't be the only one. I mean, it, I understand the reason why they kind of want to have you locked in and use their launcher and then they can send you promotions and new games and news and updates and everything and do it in one nice uniform platform. But it then destroys the entire reason why we had Steam to begin with and why we have Epic Games to begin with. It doesn't make any sense. But I mean, I suppose I I know the reasons for both, okay? But if you're like me, you're you're going to sit there and say, you know, this is reminiscent. Actually, I'm going to say it. This is reminiscent of the days when 
in days gone by, when you had CDs, you know, CDs, and you would listen to music on CDs, and then you would rip them onto your computer so that you could either A, listen to them on your computer, and this wasn't too long ago. This was like a decade and a half ago, maybe two decades ago. Now, still old enough to remember that. Um, yes, actually, I am. Uh, just like rethinking a decade and a half. Yes, decade and a half to two decades ago, you would rip the audio, the soundtrack, the 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 album to your computer. You would have it on your computer so you could listen to. You would drop it onto your um smartphone or 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 mobile listening device, whatever that was at the time. Um, you could take it with you. And then iTunes came out and said, "Hey guys, you want to listen to music? You can do that. You can listen to." all your music in one place. And that is how iTunes and the iPod came to be so well known. Um, I, I mean, it's like, hello? I mean, that's exactly why we, 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 we kind of gravitated toward that. Great, one place to go, one place to hang out. Netflix, great, one place to go, one place to hang out. Hulu, great, one place to go, one place to hang out. Stop splitting stuff up. And if you're <sighs> raking in the dough and making millions of dollars and you're the head honcho um, making the de- decisions, um, please keep the end user in mind. We don't want to have like 20 different cable subscriptions, five music subscriptions, and like 20 different video game launchers just to enjoy the content we want to enjoy. We want it unified and in one, one place. Three at the most. One is ideal. Just keep that in mind and please make us happy. Please, I mean, I, I'm going to start losing hair over this. And I really shouldn't, okay? I really shouldn't. I'm like, I just, I'm early 30s. Just please, I'd like to keep my hair until I'm like 70 or 80. Please, just grant me that request, okay? Thanks. <laughs> Was that a little bit too much? Was I going off on a rant? Well, rant over. Um, if you're looking at, um, or not looking at, and you want to be looking at the news that we're covering for today, you're, you're, you're probably in the wrong place. You're probably listening to the podcast, which is fine. I get it. I totally get it. But you actually have two options. If you want to watch us live, we are on Twitch, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time weekdays. If you want to watch the live show, otherwise you can watch the replays or any show that you want on YouTube. Just head on over to youtube.com forward slash tech news gadget. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so that you can stay up to date. In science news, uh, NASA telescope uncovers the cause of Betelgeuse's mysterious dimming. And uh, new observations are suggesting the red supergiant star is dimming again. So it's um, interesting. Um, About 640 light years away... Betelgeuse, a red supergiant star, um, had been puzzling astronomers by its mysterious dimming. Um, Some believe the event, which lasted from November 2019 to February 2020, was a potent of doom, signaling the star's upcoming explosion. But then the dimming abruptly stopped. You see, briefly, when stars start dimming and doing all these weird, goofy things, one can expect them to be blowing up shortly thereafter. But that's not what happened. And Betelgeuse, being the star that it is, as well-known as it is, and by uh, all accounts and purposes, very well-known in the astronomical 
community and astronomers keeping an eye on it and, and studying it uh, for decades at this point, um, the star was dimming and then it didn't. But thanks to observation by the NASA Hubble telescope, we might know why now. Uh, a new study published in the Astrophysical Journal on Thursday examined ultraviolet light emitted by Betelgeuse during the Great Dimming Event using the Hubble Space Telescope. Fortunately, the dimming event occurred just as Hubble scientists were looking to observe Betelgeuse with the telescope, providing a chance to understand why the star had begun to go dark. And it was kind of a good thing they did, otherwise they, you kind of you can't rewind the clock on this kind of thing. You can't just point the telescope at a later date and get something previous to that date. It doesn't work that way in the Hubble telescope is kind of our best shot. Uh, Betelgeuse, keep in mind, is a massive star about 700 times bigger than our sun. If you dropped it into our solar system, get this, it would swallow Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, the asteroid belt, uh, and uh, Jupiter would end up in a snack too before it finally finished. Um, and it's coming to the end of its life cycle. Sometimes in in the next 100,000 years, approximately. Um, now, when the supergiant started to dim last year, there are some believers who thought the process of exploding may have begun. And they actually have uh, a NASA graphic showing um, some interesting things here. The Hubble observations suggest differently. By looking at Betelgeuse at UV wavelengths, researchers were able to get a better look at the star's surface and atmosphere. They discovered a mass of bright, hot material moving outward from the southern hemisphere of the star at around 200,000 miles per hour and eventually being ejected into space. This material was two to four times more luminous than the star's normal brightness, said Andrea Dupree, associate director at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics and lead study uh, author on the study. About a month after the outburst, the south part of Betelgeuse dimmed conspicuously. Dupree and her team believe this material may have begun to cool down as it moved through space, forming a dense dust cloud that partially obscured Betelgeuse. It just so happens that Earth was in was in the perfect position to see the dust cloud head-on, as if Betelgeuse shot the dust cloud directly at us. If it happened on the opposite side of Betelgeuse, we'd likely never even know. Now, explosive outbursts are expected from stars at the end of their life, and when they die or go supernova, well, obviously, we all know those explosions, uh, and then it just star goes everywhere. Um, but Betelgeuse is acting... A little weird still. Observation by NASA's stereo spacecraft observed the supergiant between late June and early August and noticed Betelgeuse was unexpectedly dimming again. NASA notes further observations will be undertaken in late August when the star returns to the night sky and can be seen by telescopes again. So, ongoing um, study here of Betelgeuse, but it's actually it's kind of interesting. Finally got to see a dust cloud. Um, and it was actually dense enough that it dimmed the scar <laughs> entirely. We couldn't, we couldn't see part of it. Interesting. So I figured I'd share that. Um, you may have found it interesting. If you didn't, um, I got news for you. We got more news coming up. Okay, so you guys like cars? You guys like cars? Well, Meet the hydrogen electric supercar hell-bent on redefining high speed. It's the Hyperion XP1. 
a combination of cutting-edge technology and promising a thousand miles to a tank of hydrogen. You're like, well, what about electric cars? Is a hydrogen electric car? I, I kind of get a kick out of these because uh, these cars um, can pack a punch um, and go farther uh, to some extent. But there are some downsides to it as well. But uh, never mind me boring you with the details. But if you are one of those who are interested in the details, I got news for you. Head on over to technewsgadget.net and you can get the full show notes for today's show or any other show uh, for that matter. All you got to do is head on over to the show, click on the show notes, and uh, the articles will pop up right there in in, uh, in the browser for you to click on and read at will. So uh, Hyperion is calling it an educational tool, but the XP1 looks like something out of a sci-fi flick with its hydrogen fewer fuel cell powertrain. Look at this. Does this look like a gas-powered car? Yeah, kind of. Um... It's not. It's hydrogen. I mean, look at it. <sighs> I wonder how much this puppy costs. Um, the Hyperion XP1 is a brainchild of 10 years of research between hundreds of engineers and scientists with the Southern California firm hoping it will redefine what a supercar can be after showcasing the car on Wednesday. To be clear, this isn't some production car ready for purchase in a couple months. Rather, it's a prototype that shows what Hyperion is capable of. Prototype does come with baggage. I, we know that. Uh, as in, we don't have the finer details on how everything works. Nor do we know some basic specifications, but we can dig what Hyperion's throwing down right now. The XP-1 boasts some sort of wild hydrogen storage that makes carrying hydrogen a cinch. Typically, the tanks are mighty bulky in today's fuel cell vehicles, and this technology makes it a far grander masterpiece than any electric car Hyperion thinks. That's partially because there's no need for heavy batteries. The fuel cells store energy from the hydrogen, negating the need for batteries. The firm points out there's no fear over battery degradation, long charging times, or the recycling strings attached to batteries at the end of their useful life. The company has a point, but hydrogen fuel cells aren't without their own hurdles. It sounds like Hyperion may have solutions, but it's not quite ready to talk specifics just yet. But wherever it's going, it doesn't need gas. Um, it's only the beginning, said the CEO of Hyperion. Uh, the potential of this fuel is limitless and will revolutionize the energy sector. And I I, I've done research in the past on hydrogen cell cars, and uh, I, I do got to say it is showing a lot of promise. Uh, granted, the technology is kind of slow. We're kind of behind. We're slowly catching up and improving as th- we we got. Let's just say we got a long ways to go. But uh, I can't wait. Hopefully, within my lifetime, I'll be able to get a really good uh, hydrogen cell car I can look at, and it would be awesome. Because uh, I'm not kidding you. The, the the tecto- technology going into it the the design um, the tech oh, miles above and beyond an electric car miles above and beyond this is a hydrogen car. you're like why do you keep talking about that and sorry nerd in me um but there's an interesting thing about the design well, there's some sort of supercar mashup going on mostly between a Bugatti and Lotus Avija 
there is a particular Rocket Age aura surrounding XP-1. It's entirely unclear how the pointed front fascia will make its way past pedestrian safety standards, but right now it looks like a retro-futuristic machine on steroids. Um, it, uh, allegedly, it can do 0 to 60 in 2.2 seconds, handle far better than an EV carrying hefty battery packs, it's all-wheel drive, has multiple electric motors to turn the hydrogen juice into zero emission power, and on a full tank, the Hyperion said the supercar will go a thousand miles. It's a heck of a lot better than a gasoline car in terms of trips to the fuel pump. And the supercar houses technology that makes topping the tank off with hydrogen mighty quick. A fill-up should take five minutes, according to the company. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, hearing more about that soon. I know some of you guys are interested in wanting to see some of the uh, pictures that go along with it. And if you're watching live on Twitch right now, uh, you're actually getting to see a slow scroll by uh, some of the close-ups of the vehicle um, when the doors open up. Man. Um, yeah. Um, but if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, I want to see what's going on. Technewsgadget.net we got you, or, or or you can head on over to youtube.com forward slash tech news gadget. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a future car. Definitely. And I know it's a prototype. I know. I, I know. The real thing will be different, but um, hopefully not by too much, because I really like the design on this. Um, the hope is to start building the car in the U.S. in just two years. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get to see more of this soon. All right, that's enough photos. All right, moving right along. The iPhone 12 release date may have been revealed in a new leak. Um, Apple might not be launching its next iPhones until October. Uh, now, why is that significant, you say? Well, uh, we'll be getting into that, but uh, I just got to pause really quick to say one thing. If you're on the go, you're sitting in your car, and you're like, I want to listen to something cool. Well, you could tune in to the latest in tech news. All you got to do is head on over to latestintechnews.com, subscribe in the podcast app or platform of your choice, and uh, you too can then listen to the uh, audio goodness and, and keep up with the latest news and happenings on the daily here, uh, courtesy of Tech News Gadget. Awesome. So Apple last month confirmed that its new iPhone will be delayed a few weeks, leading some to speculate the company's expected iPhone 12 lineup won't be revealed until October. Now, Apple has typically shown off its new phones in September. Now, a new leak may offer up a more specific timeline. Apple may be unveiling the iPhone 12 during an event the week of October 12th, according to a tweet from mobile leaker and front page tech host John Prosser. Pre-orders for the new iPhone would begin that week as well, with devices starting to ship the week of October 19th. Um, he has a tweet here with all the details. Uh, Apple didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. Now, in what would be a bit of a surprise, Prosser also said the expected Apple Watch 6 would be unveiled alongside a new iPad in September ahead of the new iPhones. The Apple Watch 6 is rumored to include uh, SPO2 tracking, the ability to monitor oxygen saturation in the blood, and more robust sleep tracking. At this point, the dates are still rumored, and Prosser acknowledged in a follow-up tweet that launch timing could still change. But um, 
Why is that important? Well, it, mainly for the fact that they do it in September usually, but it's delayed by a month. For some reasons we may know, for some reasons we may not know, but um, 2020 has been just a weird year in and of itself, but uh, I, I think I think we'll be fine. We'll be just fine. We'll just we'll get the iPhone 12 in October. It'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Okie dokie. So, uh, speaking of release dates, well, we have a uh, confirmed, air quotes, uh, release date on the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G phone. Um, let's see. Unlike the Galaxy Note 20 Duo, Galaxy Watch 3, and Galaxy Buds Live, and much like the Galaxy Tab S7 and S7 Plus, Samsung's newest foldable device is not up for grabs just yet. Furthermore, the company stayed silent completely on the pricing and availability of the undoubtedly imminent Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G during its big virtual unpacked event last week, leaving us wondering if we should sell one or both kidneys in anticipation of the versatile handset's release. While mobile tech leaking legend Evan Blass has no fresh inside information to share on a potential retail cost of that new phone, uh, the commercial timeline is completely out of the bag now. With a pre-order start date tipped for September 2nd, and open sales expected to kick off on September 18th. If the latter sounds familiar, it might be because it, it was already rumored by Korean media a couple of weeks ago. Of course, we're pretty sure Blast has intel pertaining to the U.S. market, so it's essentially etched in stone that the Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G will be released simultaneously in at least these two key regions in a little over a month. Although this seems like a fairly lengthy wait, you have to consider how um, the mass production of this phone must be. After all, we're not talking about your everyday flagship phone here, with an ultra-thin layer of glass protecting a beautiful primary 7.6-inch foldable dynamic AMOLED display supporting 120Hz refresh rate and a large 6.23-inch Super AMOLED screen residing on the other side of that along with virtually no bezels and three 12-megapixel cameras. Nevertheless, Samsung is reportedly gunning for 500 sales, or 500,000, rather, sales total by the end of 2020 alone, which is a score that can only be achieved with relatively wide global availability and a solid supply chain. For what it's worth, AT&T, T-Mobile, and yes, even Verizon are all expected to sell the phone directly in addition to Samsung itself. Um... So they're also suggesting an initial supply will not be quite as tight as once predicted. Obviously, it's better to be safe than sorry. So if you plan on buying it, um, it's best to be ready to place a pre-order as early as September 2nd. Now, that's if you can afford to spend the $2,000 or so sam price tag Samsung is expecting to charge for this unlocked Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G. That was a mouthful, but um, the next beefy flip phone, foldable phone, yeah, we got, that's the details, that's the latest, woohoo! Alright, and finally, wanted to wrap up the show with uh, news on Russell Kirsch, inventor of the Pixel, who passed away this week. Um, bit of a sad news, uh, rest in peace. Um, but uh, in case you're wondering who the inventor of the Pixel was, 
Now you know, computer scientist Russell A. Kirsch, the inventor of the Pixel and an undisputed pioneer of digital imaging, passed away on Tuesday in his Portland home from complications arising from a form of Alzheimer's. He was 91 years old. Um, Now, Russell might not be a name you immediately recognize, but his contributions to computer science made digital imaging possible. Born June 20th, 1929, in New York City, to immigrant parents from Russia and Hungary, Hirsch attended Bronx High School, then NYU, Harvard, and eventually MIT. In 1951, he joined the National Bureau of Standards, where he worked for 50 years and helped to invent the pixel and create the first digital photograph. Um, it was a 172 by 172 pixel image of his son Walden created in 1957 and is now iconic and was named one of Life Magazine's 100 photographs that changed the world in 2003. And we have uh, that image up here on the screen. Um, Yep. One of the first digital images ever created made from two superimposed scans at different thresholds since each pixel could only show one bit of information, that being black or white. Um, as DP Review points out, Kirsch never stopped improving on his most famous invention even after retiring in 2001. In a 2010 interview on Wired, he outlined his attempts to create a system that uses variable shape pixels instead of the squares that have dominated digital imaging since he invented them. In that interview, he calls squares the logical thing to do, but laments that the decision was something very foolish that everyone in the world has been suffering from ever since. So, at the ripe old age of 81, he began working on a masking system that creates 6x6 pixel areas and then intelligently divides those areas into the two sections that have the most contrast before refusing the pixels on either side of the seam. That idea never caught on, but he explained the technology and its benefits in a detail in a video below. Um, it's a 13-minute long video if you wanted to watch that. But while the incredible accolades described above certainly give you the sense of Russell Kirsch, the engineer, the best personal picture of Kirsch probably comes from a 2012 blog post by a na- man named Joel Runyon, who encountered him in a coffee shop in Portland. After revealing that Runyon's computer and images on it probably wouldn't exist or exist as they are without Kirsch's contributions to engineering and computer science, the 83-year-old Kirsch shared the following words. I guess I've always believed that nothing is withheld from us what we have conceived to do. Most people think the opposite, that all things are withheld from them which they have conceived to do, and they end up doing nothing. Mr. Kirsch may be gone, but his legacy will live on every day, in one of the approximately 3.8 billion photos that are currently being captured every single day. May he rest in peace. So, the inventor of the pixel. And with that, uh, I, I uh, I think that's a good note to leave it on. That will wrap up this episode of The Latest in Tech News. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes every weekday. The Latest in Tech News can be found on every major platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you're watching via video, let us know by clicking that like button and by leaving a comment. Also, double-check that you're subscribed and following so that you don't miss the next episode. And, by the way, um, don't forget to share and review this show um, the only way the show grows is if you share your thoughts and you share us with a friend. I'm your host, Taylor Merrick, and remember, for the latest in tech, gadgets, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much, keep being awesome, guys, and I'll see you 
on the flip side.